0: Welcome to the Art and Science of Joy podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're seeking a bit more joy in your own life or seeking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, then I think this podcast might be for you. And welcome to the Joy Superpower series in which we explore powers each and every one of us can cultivate in order to navigate these turbulent times in which we find ourselves. I'm Andrew Cannon. And i have the honor to be your host and in this episode i'm excited to be talking with vivian aqua about the joy recipe ingredient of belonging at work and specifically about nurturing relationships with colleagues vivian is an inclusive workplace wellness advocate which is quite hard to say um, who's committed to making topics related to workplace wellness and DEI accessible to everyone. Vivian's last name means water, and she's currently busy putting out fires related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Her unique value is that she provides people with the right tools at the right time to embrace inclusive changes, especially when you want to prevent these fires from happening. So welcome to the show, Water. Welcome to the show, Vivian.
1: Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And also exciting to uh, have this conversation with you, Andrew.
0: It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So let's kick off with you describing yourself as this inclusive workplace wellness advocate. Mm -hmm. Can you tell our listeners about your journey to where you are today?
1: Yeah. So uh, let's say I started my career 20 years ago, plus 20 years ago as a financial consultant. Um, I had the privilege to see so many different kitchens as I call the cultures of the companies and uh, became a bridge builder for finance and IT and then eventually decided to, uh, to become a nerd to join you know the IT or the dark side. Um, fast forward to 2013 when I found out that I became a mom um what is the most joyous news that I heard but then again I had to share it with my managers and I was working for a very small company at the time with dealing with five managers and the moment that I shared that I was pregnant that was the moment that I was dehumanized Mm. um the moment that the bullying started and also the moment that I realized that this is very toxic for me um I came to the end or to the uh, conclusion that i needed to walk away from this and had uh, have an early maternity leave because my midwife warned me about having a high blood pressure is one but being in an environment that is not causing you to thrive mm. it's not healthy for my child and it's not healthy for myself so that was the first warning that re- literally shook me and then i realized I need to do something brave. And that is leave this company, the company that you know. I thought that I am a social person. So I thought that I already had invested in my journey and invested in my credits and also invested in my credibility. And to realize from the moment that I made that announcement that I'm becoming a mom and for them to also behave that way, it was heartbreaking. Hmm. But then again, my son, I always say that my son Orlando is my life coach. And until this day, he's eight and he's annoying. He's at that annoying age where he's becoming my mirror, right? (laughs) But then again, um, kids say amazing things. And when you stop and listen to them, Hmm. you hear some useful Yoda advice. So I'm, I'm, I'm walking the journey of what my son shared.
0: That's beautiful. And I think, first of all, obviously, congratulations on becoming a mother. Thank you. And obviously, so sorry to hear about the experience Mm -hmm. that you had to go through. But I presume it's not a unique experience, I'm sure.
1: Unfortunately, not. I hear this uh, too often. Mm. And also, it depends, of course, uh, upon the parent if they have the energy to fight this, because the majority of the time when they face such maternity bias or such maternity discrimination, it's hard to prove it.
0: Yeah, and your focus is naturally somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with
1: all these hormones (laughs) and also trying to deal with the new structure that you don't have anymore.
0: Yeah, and the last thing you need is that yeah. with that toxic workplace yeah. environment yeah. and the, the whole bullying thing that's happening there so mm-hmm. so I can imagine that's hard and amazing what you're saying about your son and how you are listening to to his wonderful advice mm-hmm. and I wonder how that would have been different had you stayed at work you know till you thought about that what
1: I never know I know I know I mean I I looked, at things differently and also looking back in the journey how I landed here and the journey that I took to define my own role to craft my own role um, I learned some valuable lessons that I'm using right now to warn people to prevent it from happening and apparently I had to go through them is it always you know fun to go through certain life lessons no And there were also hard lessons in between because if it wasn't for my son, I don't know if I would be here on Earth.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a that's a wow. That's a hard lesson. I can certainly relate to that one. And sorry you've had to go through it. It's Mm -hmm. thank you. But you're you're showing strength. You're showing thank you,
1: thank Thank you. You're the courage
0: for that. If we, you know, look at this in this perspective and talk about. Belonging at work and mm-hmm. the, the role of colleagues in particular. Um, we, we saw a study recently in the, the Harvard Business Review, you know, that found that unsurprisingly, perhaps social connections play a central role to fostering a sense of purpose and well-being in the workplace so when from your own experience and also the work you've obviously been doing in this area when you think about nurturing those social connections how can you go about it as a leader in an authentic way how can you maintain the authenticity while also nurturing these social connections
1: have a conversation with your people and not because you want to tick the boxes and now it's time to have a performance review, right? And uh, definitely with what the last two years have shown us is a lot of leaders don't know their people, don't know the situation and don't know the story behind the person that they work with. And I I find that sad because there's a lot of value that this person can bring, but also there's a lot more empathy from your end to um, include in whatever decision-making that you're doing. And Ask yourself the right questions. And also, if you don't know how to embark this journey, I would say hire a coach or hire a facilitator to activate these conversations, but also to unlock empathy within you. Some things are a must-have for leaders. And if you don't know how, Hire a coach to support you in this journey because I'm not asking you to do this work alone. I know that the leaders are uh, nowadays have a gazillion tasks, and I would say delegate those tasks and and ask for help when needed. Yeah,
0: that, that's that's really powerful advice. I think the age of the the superhero do it all leader mm-hmm. is probably over now.
1: This, mm-hmm.
0: You know, we're entering an age of connectivity of collaboration and of, of admitting weakness And mm-hmm. just because you're a leader just is it you're...
1: weakness though well is it weakness
0: I, no that's a good question i suppose that's the wrong word you're very right let's call it um you know what are your your strengths and where you could have help
1: Mm-hmm. yeah um,
0: and to say that, no, you, just because you've been promoted to be a leader of this organization doesn't mean you are brilliant at everything in life. Yeah,
1: and that's why you have a team, to delegate, to yeah, share yeah. things. And if you don't know, if, if, if these tasks are not meant for your team, then hire somebody else outside.
0: I like that. I like that. And interestingly enough, in some way, I found that the pandemic and this whole Zoom world has given maybe managers a, a better insight into the lives of of their people, but also on a peer to peer level. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see kids running around, dog barking, yep. and, and life going on in general, you can appreciate that. What I remember working with an IT consultant, I think in Mumbai he lived, and you know we'd have a very work relationship. And then when we did the Zoom thing, and I could see the chaos that he was living in, you know, with the grandparents there and yeah. the kids and the dogs and, and everything. I was surprised he got any work done. And, and so we developed a much more human relationship as a result of Zoom. Yeah. way. So it added value to see people's lives beyond the... True. Off-
1: True. I While you were talking, I was thinking about also that BBC interview where... Uh, the two kids came into and and we all were laughing right look at that and and people made assumptions like look at the nanny saving those kids or removing them away without knowing that full story and now we all went through that scene on a personal level I had my son come in for a couple of times during the training and people yeah. now have more of understanding and I hope that we I uh, hope that we embrace this understanding that we learn that you don't know what you see from mm-hmm. the other side. Like for instance, on the other side, this, this room is my attic. So you can imagine how an attic looks like, right? But we're right. not seeing that you're seeing the bright side of the room.
0: <laughs> that's, that's very true. I remember a great ad. It's a bit off topic, but I'll share it now. Cause I like the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, I think it was the financial times where, mm-hmm. They were showing an old lady walking down the street and then they showed, you know, in front of her, two sort of young punks walking down the the street and they start running towards her and shove her into the street. Mm. And you go, wow, that was cruel. And then they switch the camera to behind and they show that the scaffolding is falling down off the building at that point and they're saving her from you know being crushed by this accident so just changing that perspective changing your camera around Mm -hmm. can make you go wow that's not what I thought it was
1: yeah true I'm not gonna do it though
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're we're saving you that one we're doing audio anyway so we're that. but now this whole remote work hybrid working we're maybe moving into now You know, it's tough for bosses, but it's also affecting peer-to-peer relationships. Mm -hmm. True. So how do you think those can better be nurtured in this environment?
1: I hope that people create their remote working recipe cards where they align what they need, but also where they align the important meetings. Either they hold all the important meetings online where everybody's online, even though they are in the office, It's best that everybody joins online Mm. or they meet up one day in the week in the office together because uh, for those who are doing hybrids, it can feel like you're missing out. And then again, for myself, as the person who is standing in front of the of the room of the meeting room it's draining to do both things on the end, looking at, you know, looking at the screen, but also paying attention to those in the room. And we want to be productive. We want to have a lot of energy and uh, yeah, doing that, doing that both, it's, it's an energy drainer. So we really have to ask ourselves, what are we doing and how necessary is it to conduct hybrid events? Mm-hmm especially when uh, if yeah if it's a big congress that's different right but in this case it's the workplace where some of the colleagues don't want to come that, that day but have a consensus where mm. you meet otherwise everybody online or meet offline together
0: i think that's a good one yeah definitely to that you called it a recipe card was that mm-hmm. what the term you used yeah mm-hmm. so you help companies sort of create this recipe card for how they can manage this
1: yeah.
0: hybrid or remote work? I mean,
1: everything is everything can be created in a recipe. I love talking about food and food analogy as well. So why not? Um, we we are all dealing with different people, and if we don't ask the relevant questions, then that's where things go wrong. That's where we make assumptions. That's where we create a situation where people are feeling excluded, and that's where. People are going to go on Indeed or on LinkedIn, and say, "Well, I saw a new job ad mm. somewhere, and maybe that's for me because they provide a hundred percent remote working."
0: Right, that's true. And I know you're you're talking preaching to the choir when you talk about recipes. We talk about mm-hmm. the
1: recipes,
0: <laughs> so definitely on yeah. your on your path with that, and we can talk about some recipes too. <laughs> and then in your Viva la Viva articles mm-hmm. mention a mass awakening of realizing that we need to humanize the, the workforce and people mm-hmm. willing to go and find a new place uh, where um, diversity, equity, inclusion, for example, are valued. What do you think is causing this awakening And on the one hand, but on the other hand, why do you think it's taken so long for the shift to happen?
1: The awakening that people are walking away. What awakening? Well, yes,
0: this need, this realization of this need to humanize the workplace.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, what I see is that more and more people are starting to realize that work isn't just you know showing up between nine to five and just doing your task and sit sit there the whole day and just you know performing. It's also about the connectivity. It's also about the social interaction. It's also about, is my organization investing in me so that I can invest in the company as well? And I see more and more people realizing their value and checking if their values are aligned with the organization values or are aligned with the team values. And if that's not the case, then they will ask questions what can we do to humanize our workplace? And again, that's a a recipe that they best can define themselves. I'm only there as the nice version of Gordon Ramsay to guide them in creating that recipe because sometimes people are lost and don't know where to find it or don't know how to keep things simple.
0: I'm glad you do it in a in a nicer way than
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean I can shout, but that it's not it's
0: no, no not F-bombs helping me or swear around. the whole time. Yeah, no F That's not around. working. Not not helping. No. So you're catalyzing in a way for them to create what human means mm-hmm. in their yeah. values context. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I think it's also fair to I talk with some leaders about this, that you know, you don't necessarily always feel that. They should be changing their values as an organization or their corporate culture, but just mm-hmm. be transparent about it.
1: Also that, yeah.
0: And just say, okay, this is what it this is where we are, and you know, and recruit people to values. But on the opposite, I think you what you mentioned is super important that to think of the interview process the other way around, that in today's world, especially you know the company's interviewing you really you know yeah. you're interviewing the company
1: yeah. Uh, yeah yeah now even more so because in the past you know we used to celebrate if somebody was working 20 years 30 years or mm-hmm. maybe 50 years that is that those are unicorn stories you nowadays you have to be happy that somebody is willing to work five years for the same company as well and in a way if a company is not investing and keeping you know keeping the talent in house where they can grow within the company then you are inventing the wheel all over again every time that you are hiring something new and the question there is how fast are you growing when you're doing that on a frequent basis right
0: yeah it's very energy consuming us talking mm-hmm. to a dear colleague um Priscilla McKinney from Little Bird Marketing and she was saying over the last few months it's being and she's only got a small team mm-hmm. it's five people out eight people in
1: yeah yeah
0: and wow that takes a lot of her energy as a leader yeah and time because well. you
1: have to reintroduce yourself you have to show uh, you have to show people the ropes, but then again, when they have reached a certain stage, then all the investment that you made prior to getting them in means that you have to start the cycle all over again, and that's a that's a strain on the on the existing team,
0: yeah, for sure, for sure, so you know there's a lot companies can do and a lot leaders can do, and I think mm-hmm. one of the things that they can do is is Create a space where these peer to peer, these colleague relationships Mm -hmm. can blossom naturally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without it having to be a corporate sort of event, so to speak.
1: True. True.
0: Make it as natural as possible. My business partner, Debbie Schlesinger Hellman, talks about this shift from work life balance to work integration mm-hmm. it's a life uh, you know it's just a part of life and it's it's not something you need to balance but you need it, to-
1: it's not balanceable I mean uh being a parent there are some days that I have to leave work early because something happened to my son or there are some days where I can't make it to work because I have to stay home because my child is ill and I don't have a backup but then again, I can work from home. And before the lockdown, it was just like, no, don't work from home. That's not social. Why are you working from home? And now I'm, now it's just like, that's not not an issue anymore nowadays.
0: Yeah, which is good. Although some companies it is, I was talking to uh, another friend and colleague, whose mm-hmm. company wouldn't let him go and see his kids. True. Sports day. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: You're not having the time off. It says
1: something about that company, though. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, they they expect you to answer the emails at 10 o'clock at night still, but they won't Mm -hmm. let you go to your kid's sports day. So I think he was then questioning his values. Are they aligned with this? Mm -hmm. And maybe he's going to be one of these people in this great resignation sooner rather than later.
1: You never know. I mean, there are so many amazing companies out there that really know how to treat their people better. Maybe it's not paying as much as the previous one Mm. but then again all those shiny objects eventually they fade Mm. if your job isn't aligned with your purpose or your values then how will you know if your job makes is going to make you happy
0: yeah that's for sure and i think we find that the more you're hurting inside the more shiny objects you need outside to Mm. to sort of make up for that yeah yeah. So maybe if you were in a workplace where you're actually feeling more belonging, more purpose, you maybe wouldn't need so many shiny objects in your life. True,
1: afterwards. true.
0: That's a balance. So let's focus now a little bit on DEI. Mm-hmm. And I'll mention a McKinsey report which came out in 2020 stating that the most diverse companies are now more likely than ever to outperform less diverse peers on. Profitability.
1: Sure. So
0: you know, I think there's research out there now showing that this is uh, a good thing. So why do you think there's still resistance to investing in DEI?
1: First of all, to to add something upon what you just shared right now, regarding McKinsey. Okay. Know that the companies that have that you know a higher uh, a higher rate or a higher revenue, it's also because of they pay attention to inclusion. Mm. Because just putting people there in the mix will not help your company grow. Paying attention to inclusion and better yet, paying attention to equity, whereas you provide the tools that they need to excel and everybody has a different journey, right? Right. That is causing that. And that part, it's mentioned somewhere, it's sprinkled somewhere, but everybody's looking at, you know, the big figures and say, well, diversity, but we have diversity. Why is it not working? If you put the ingredients on the, on the kitchen table, do you think that you can magically you know, create a pizza? No, you have to work with the tools. You have to prepare your oven. You have to set certain things right to be able to create a pizza. And then the other thing that you asked me about why things are going on a slow pace or why there is fear and there are three levels of fear right fear of um why should i change if things are working for me another fear is when i embrace dei does this mean that i have to move away and i would say no this is not real because DEI, if you really look into DEI, it's about making room for other people to sit next to you. Mm. And the last one, it's um it's about also there are people out there that want to do better or have done better, but then again got, you know, back backlash because they did something and it didn't feel right and then they withdraw but creating a light bulb it didn't happen in one go Mm -hmm. we have to learn and activate our inclusive growth mindset to activate this so that means that when you fall think about what lesson you can learn think about maybe apologizing if necessary if you really heard somebody apologize to this person and also think about what can you do better next time Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, not expecting it to be perfect, you know, because I think you can create the perfect PowerPoint
1: document mm-hmm.
0: of your DEI program, right? Yeah. And put that in Word or PowerPoint. You can even get yeah. a consultant in to, to start it. But to realize that that journey is indeed a journey and it's not necessarily always going to be easy, that you might end up saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. And that's okay. There, yeah, as long as you're moving, in it doesn't nightmare.
1: feel okay. But then again, mm. life sometimes also throws curveballs at you. And if we are going to hide at every curveball that we get, then <laughs> there will be no magic within the comfort zone.
0: No, no, definitely not. I like that that concept, and I like the concept of distinguishing between diversity just being sort of the start. Mm-hmm. Definitely not enough. Yeah. To obviously set the groundwork for equity,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's probably more maybe about policies and procedures. But the inclusion is very much also about soft skills,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. about humanizing, humanizing, <laughs> connecting <Okay>. with people.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you can't just do that through just a leadership program. No, no, no,
1: no. no.
0: To do that, but you find progress has been made. I know there's been challenges. I know a lot of di, or well, chief diversity officers uh, are struggling.
1: Mm-hmm. You read my article.
0: <laughs> there you go. What are you? There you go. I did indeed, because yeah. um, they're not getting the support.
1: They're not getting support, as in financial support, but also uh, management support or buy-in support. And sometimes also, what are the motivations of the company hiring a DEI officer? Because the CDOs are sometimes, I wouldn't say all the time, but sometimes they are being used as a token. Mm. And what I say is, um, I don't know if you love scandal or love love, uh, how to get away with murder or something else these are all fictional series where the the heroes in those uh shows they fix chinks they fix the challenges and to put all the dei challenges uh within the company only upon one person Mm. how realistic is that because they are not not harry potter they are not olivia Pope, and they are definitely not viola davis who is magically you know who's solving murder mysteries at the same time and we have to be realistic about this time change takes time and the way we approach things sometimes yes that means that we have to go on a slower pace to be able to embrace change um the initiatives or the projects that people sometimes do they are so big and i know that big companies have big challenges That's why we need to divide the cake and make it more relevant. What is your top three? What is your top five? What do the people within the company want? How are you going to strategically create a DEI roadmap to embed it? Because it's not a one-night stand, Mm. as in it's not just hiring me for one time and that's it. It's about what action will you take after I've done the training and I'll definitely come back and ask you, what have you done so far? Because this needs a follow-up. People yeah. need to be reminded and be held accountable for the action that they need to take to create that uh, environment.
0: I like that. I like the idea of, sort of creating that accountability, mm-hmm. that sort of metric, but at the same time, not trying to do everything at once.
1: No. No, slow.
0: no, and to be transparent yeah. about that, right? Because I think companies get a bad rap because they're not transparent about it. And then people say, Well, why aren't they
1: doing anything about this? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because- say something about that. Say something about it so that people can get some understanding, but also let people know where you are in that process. Mm-hmm. And if if maybe maybe the CDO needs a team. Maybe they need more ambassadors. Maybe they need an ERG group or employee resource group, right? So um, ask yourself the relevant questions. And then again, if your company feels like they are stuck, ask for help. Hire a coach.
0: Yeah. If we look at, you know, well-being at work and we look at minority groups, Mm -hmm. we see a big difference in how they're feeling at the moment, do you, do you feel that they're, they're struggling more? Because
1: um, that, that depending on where where, you, where we, the person are and where do you ask the question, but also to realize that some people, um, def, as, as an example for, for this pandemic, some people faced this storm in their rubber boat. Mm. Other people were sitting in their yacht. They still felt the storm but could enjoy the luxury Mm. and that's the same for people from minority groups, right? You don't know, I don't know which group is, you know, hurting more than the other, but then again, that's something that the company can ask in a very anonymous way though, because Mm. it isn't helpful to know who said what, who did what in this space. It's helpful to know What are you doing for the people that are underrepresented in your company and how are you providing that psychological safety and what do they need to feel included? These are the questions that need to be asked instead of asking just one person to relive their trauma.
0: Mm, I like that. Psychological safety aspect. So important in Mm -hmm. general, but specifically when it comes to... To this area, yeah, or yeah. to have this sort of guilt or shame mm-hmm. pushed upon people if their spotlight is shone in that mm-hmm. respect. I like the thing about the the yacht and the the rowing boat. Yeah, you know, I always said at the beginning that um, only somebody who has a garden can, you know, make a policy for everybody to stay at home. True. You know, you wouldn't do sure. that if you lived in a one bedroom flat with your sure. three kids and your grandparents, sure. you, would, sure. you would make another policy, you could at least yeah. go to the park.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or hire work from home or hire a work away something, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's it's, it's not equal in that respect. And I know, you know, from my own research and looking at, at the data that, you know, women in particular have suffered a lot mm-hmm. during the pandemic.
1: You there know, are also a lot of women not, not, they are saying that they are not coming back to the office because they felt safer at home. Right. And um, what companies don't realize is that when a woman walks away, she's taking a village, mm-hmm. maybe indirectly or directly, but know that she's taking a village. And that is something that company need to realize that it's valuable to have women in the workplace. And not only one type of woman, right? Because within the, gen- the whole gender uh, conversation, there are different people, different genders, but see who you're missing. Because if you're excluding them now, they will remember that. Mm.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a different level of connection.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, and I think in, in the world, as we move towards hopefully a more connected, a more collaborative world, you know, I just see that the power of diversity just has to multiply over the, the years from where we are today as mm-hmm. we look to, to become more collaborative, as we look to integrate more sure. than do things alone. Sure. If we don't understand others, whatever their background, we're going we're to struggle, I think, with that yeah. new world. So from a business, pure business perspective, I think McKinsey shows it makes sense today to do it for profitability. But I think also just strategically for tomorrow, you know, the organizations that embrace diversity, inclusion, equity, belonging, um, that they will be the ones that will be more successful in the future. True. And
1: there are different stakeholders, right? You have employees, you have the customers, but mm. you also have, you know, the activists that are out there, um, I think that last last week or last few days there was a, a stakeholder announcement from Shell, where a lot of people from the um, who were advocates for the environment they took over that whole meeting without yeah. Shell knowing that. So uh, think about the different things. Think about the people planet, uh, profit as well because it's going more to come into play. Um, think about sustainability a lot of sustainability reporting is also demanding of showing what i what did you do last year regarding dei and what are you doing this year and what is your future uh perspective as well and more companies are also being transparent what well, I commitments have been made?
0: yeah i hope that comes back more because i noticed that because of the pandemic a lot of this stuff was sidetracked by governments mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, they, they just had no focus. Even you know, yeah. the World Economic Forum stopped their report on pay inequality or pay equality. Mm-hmm. Or right. That I think the last one was now back in two thousand, and you know, hopefully, again now as we move forward, these metrics will start coming back as yeah. accountability. Because I think companies we need
1: to know, and also yeah. we need to know what's above the uh, what's below the water. Mm. So, being able to report like in the US, where you have different intersectionalities coming to play, uh, is important because people think that when it comes to women diversity, I'm, I'm being uh, intentional with what I'm saying, not gender diversity, women diversity. They think that things are going well, but for who? Mm. Are we representing all the different people that? fall on their female diversity
0: Mm. no No. yeah it has to be intentional and i I like that idea of that needs that transparency to see Mm -hmm. the the water level because it's so easy to create the gloss i think yeah the companies have a good pr spin yeah you know we need the 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 ways to get below that Mm -hmm. so i suppose you know one question i always like to talk about is biases Mm -hmm. we're so aware of biases in in all the things we do you know when you look at peer to peer relationships and perhaps the conscious or unconscious biases people have what sort of tips would you have for how people could perhaps best overcome some of those biases
1: Mm. First of all, do the tests. Do the Harvard, you know, uh, bias tests or the EIAT test, where you can learn about the different biases that you might have. Um, learn about how you can mitigate that. Um, again, if you don't know how, there are so many resources available. So find out which resources are ideal for you. So if you are a reader, read books. Mm. If you uh, love to watch some YouTube channel, I would say visit my channel and you'll find a lot more there. And if you want to consume a podcast, I also turn my episode into podcast as well. So you can listen to that. But um, I realized that there is something more before that. And that is that people need to activate or reactivate or unlock empathy. Mm. And Knowing what your biases are, I mean, a lot of people have come to that stage, but now they know what action are you taking, right? Because you know your bias, but you don't know how harmful they are for other people unless you are able to walk a mile in their shoes. And that's why I'm in love with using virtual reality to not only let people experience how it feels to be uttered what other people are experiencing and I'm and and it's just five minutes five minutes within five minutes we are able to go dive even deeper yeah. do a whole Jacques Cousteau even
0: wow <laughs> and that's amazing how you can use technology to do that
1: yeah.
0: yeah it's such a fantastic gift you know technology often in today's world is maligned that,
1: mm-hmm. oh, yeah yeah. But
0: no, it's it's neutral. And people like you are showing ways where you can use this technology to actually give that lived experience. Um, mm-hmm. to walk in those shoes yeah. or, or not shoes, as the case may yeah. be, to, to understand what that, that life is really like. So that's an amazing, amazing thing there, Vivian. As we're coming sort of slowly towards the end of our chat today, I know we could talk about this topic
1: for I like can.
0: <laughs> a long, long time and I can listen to you forever and add maybe a little few words now and again. Yeah, um, You know, you shared a lot of good tips and, and stories today. And, and if you had to sort of summarise what would be your sort of top three tips for nurturing relationships with your colleagues at work, what would those be? I
1: would. Say number one is go beyond the question, how are you? Ask what makes them tick or what, you know, what funny things that, what funny characters they love to do, watch or movies that they love to watch or what food. Food is always a great way to break the ice and have a conversation over that and really have authentic under the sea level conversations. Number two, unlock empathy ASAP. Only then will you be able to understand the challenges, and only then will you also understand what your contribution can be as an inclusive self leader or as an inclusive leader. And number three, I would say keep on doing your best, activate your inclusive mindset. Mm-hmm it's an ongoing journey that you're on and sometimes means it means that you fall but what do you do after that fall hmm. do you lay down and say well I tried it I give up or do you dust yourself and try again
0: that's that's excellent no and I love that that concept and then, obviously if you have your other peers and people around you who can lift you up if you do stumble mm-hmm. and you move forward together. That's so much more valuable and fun than the moving alone. So,
1: amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And yeah. the empathy
0: is really important. So for our regular listeners, you probably by now listened to our episode with Rob Volp on empathy, which was a few episodes ago. If you haven't, I can strongly recommend that you you do that. What about you, Vivian? You know, when you, you look at this topic, who do you follow? What thought leaders, what books or anything you'd like to recommend to our listeners?
1: I would definitely recommend the book of um, Minda Hart, The Memo. Um, it's a book for Black women, but also it's also an ideal book for managers to understand the challenges that Black women are facing. Um, in general... Um, There are so many books out there, but definitely Ibrahim, I think, yeah, Ibram Kendi's book, the anti-racist book. Uh, Maybe feel challenging and maybe it feels uh, for you like you were saying like, but I'm not a racist. No, I'm not saying that you are, but learn how to become an anti-racist. That's Mm -hmm. where we can do a lot more in. And um, I'm going to be bias with empathy empathy and vr is that's a, a game changer for sure
0: brilliant well there's some wonderful tips and i like the way for the anti-racist to move away from saying that neutral or silence is enough mm-hmm. to move saying no that yeah let's come on the same side of this and say
1: yeah no, true
0: say no. fantastic fantastic so my final question has to be, what brings you joy, Vivian?
1: What brings me joy? Yeah. Ooh, I'm thinking of food, but I will <laughs> stay good. away. I will, No, I will stay away from food. What brings me joy is um, I have a favorite spot, a favorite place. Every time I see it, my heart skips a beat. And that is the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm. So I literally have the Golden Gate Bridge uh, in my kitchen as, as a background. But also when I'm there. I feel at peace, even though I am in the U.S. It, for me, it feels like the U.S., a European version of the U.S. where I feel I, I am at home. I am home.
0: Wow, that's wonderful. And that's that's wonderful to, to hear that. So thank you for sharing <laughs> that. And. Um, Thank you so much for being on the show today. I've really not only enjoyed it, but I've learned a lot. And I feel very inspired by my chat with you today. Thank
1: you for having me. It was a pleasure to have this conversation oh, with thank you. you. So thank you. Oh, and
0: talking about things. We've got a little girl here who's <laughs> nine years. She's going to come and say hello. There you go. Here's He's a real... almost the
1: age of Orlando. <laughs> yeah.
0: You can say hi.
1: She's oh. one year older. Hi. And what's your name? Hi. What's your name? My name is Vanessa. Oh, beautiful. I'm Vivian, by the way. Okay. Great.
0: Thank you. I'll be out in just a minute, darling. <laughs> so there you go. So we were life.
1: talking about that, right? We were. Yeah,
0: we were. It happens. It's yeah. life. It's real. Yeah. It's authentic. Yeah. So I hope you, our listeners, have enjoyed my chat with Vivian Aqua today. And you can find out more about Vivian in so many different places. I'm not going to mention them all here, but we will include <laughs> the them. One in the, is notes. LinkedIn.
1: <laughs> in the LinkedIn,
0: the easy one's LinkedIn, Vivian Aqua. If you search for that, you'll find her also on the website mm-hmm. vivalaviv.com. Start with those two places yeah. and put the other links into the show notes. <laughs> so that'll be fantastic. And so whilst you're on social media, please take a moment to use the hashtag Joyce Superpowers to share your own experiences with nurturing um, relationships at work and DEI. It'd be fantastic to hear those. And if you don't already do so, please follow the Art and Science of Joy on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Come join the conversation and help us spread the joy. The world needs it now more than ever. So thanks once again for Thank listening. You. And I hope you tune in for the next episode of the Art and Joy Science of Joy podcast. Until then, stay well, stay joyful and connect with your peers at work.